from Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond. Today, I have Jen Vogel from VoxPopMe. And Jen, it's really nice to have you on, and I love that company name. Very unique. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, a lot of people always ask us what Vox Pop Me means. And um, it's after the Latin for Vox Populi, which means voice of the people. And so, yeah, we capture video response from consumers for brands. And so cool. we bring the voice of the people to companies that care about the voice of their customer. I love that. That's awesome. So maybe you can tell the audience a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, and and then a little bit about VoxPopMe. Sure, yeah. I'm the VP of Marketing at VoxPopMe. I've been with the company about four years, kind of running their marketing strategy and helping to grow revenue for the business. I started my career on the B2C side of marketing and had an opportunity in my early 20s to move into the market research and experience management space. And I thought, well, that would be good on my resume as a marketer. <laughs> and um, now I've been in the in the industry for more than 12 years and uh, have really discovered SaaS marketing and, and enterprise B2B through that space, which has been been really exciting. As I mentioned, Vox Me, we do uh, video surveys, essentially. So you can think of it as an alternative to a written survey with checkboxes and open-ended text boxes. We allow people to just tell their stories, and then our technology helps to take that unstructured data and turn it into something that people can understand easily and use to make decisions. Very cool. So what does marketing look like in this space? Tell me about who you're targeting, what some of the programs you're running look like, all that. Sure. Yeah. So we are, um, we're targeting enterprise, primarily CPG businesses. That's our sweet spot. Um, we do a lot of work with retail and quick serve restaurants, consumer tech as well, but CPG is really our primary. So we work with Pepsi, Coke, uh, Mondelez, Mars, McDonald's, like wow. some group really great brands. And typically we're working with the insights teams and they are tasked with bringing consumer understanding and consumer empathy throughout their business and working closely with their marketing teams and their product innovation teams to let them know what consumers care about, what they're struggling with um, to help them innovate. So, you know, that it can be a, a, a tough group to crack sometimes, you know, they are pulled in a lot of different directions and there are a lot of emerging technologies in the sort of data analytics and consumer insights area. So they're being bombarded constantly by companies trying to sell them a shiny piece of technology. Um, so really like that, that idea of consumer empathy that we bring to our customers, we try to embody that in our marketing as well and bring that empathy to our customers and prospects. Very cool. So one of the things uh, you mentioned to me that you guys are doing is customer-led growth or you know, customer-led focus to marketing. What is it? Why are you doing it? Tell me a bit about that. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, that customer-led growth is not a term that I've coined. I totally stole that from Gia Laudi from Forget the Funnel. Check out her stuff. She's got some really great 
content out there, but um, I worked with her closely a, a few years ago and she really introduced this concept to me. And um, it's basically the idea, you know, as a business, we've got metrics that we're trying to measure and, you know, goals we're trying to hit, but they're always around our goals as a business. Like mm. we're trying to sell a product or get a subscription that those milestones that we measure do not actually speak to customer value. So what we, what we focus on is, you know, jobs to be done framework, understanding our customer needs and having empathy for what problems they're trying to solve and then understanding throughout the customer journey what they're doing thinking and feeling and how they're measuring success how do they feel that they found value from the relationship at each of those stages and those kpis that we're measuring are no longer like you know somebody purchased like a purchase is not a kpi for the, for my team at the moment like mm. that is going to come if we provide value to our customers and prospects at each of those stages. So it's about kind of like putting our own metrics secondary, which of course we're still measuring that stuff. We still need to drive revenue and MQLs and all of that stuff, but it's secondary to how are our customers measuring success at those stages. I love that, yeah, because from a customer standpoint, they don't care how many sales you need this quarter and all this, they just care about their needs. and. All right. right. So I love that. So yeah. for those listening, can you give us an example of what this would look like uh, in practice? One example is say one stage is like value realization, like within our platform. So we'll have, we'll do pilot programs prior to a subscription with potential customers. So signing on to a pilot is not the KPI. Like moving on to the subscription is not the KPI. It's a specific activity in the platform during that pilot that we have associated with value realization. And a lot of that is through the research we've done with our customers. So we do a lot of win-loss research and NPS surveys and things like that. So when we ask our customers, Hey, how did, what was the moment? Tell me about the moment you knew that our technology was going to solve your problem. So once we kind of aggregated that moment, that becomes the KPI. Can we get people to that moment? It falls in between the pilot purchase and the subscription purchase, but it's, it's aligned with the value. We know that the subscription purchase is going to happen because they've experienced that value. Interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. It kind of aligns with, I, I feel like there's this trend in marketing of instead of just a bunch of lead generation that, you know, doesn't turn into sales or deals or actual customers, measuring those metrics that matter. And that's really interesting that you've gotten even taken it a step further instead of, oh, they signed up to the pilot, but they actually did something specifically in that pilot that we know from research has you know proven to lead to a long-term customer relationship. And how exactly did you find that key factor? Of, I'm, I'm sure it'll be different for every marketer listening with their product, but what was a bit of the process to go through to find that? Sure. We look at a lot of different data from different sources. Our product team is measuring usage data and looking at every click and every like timestamp of how people are behaving in the platform. Um, as I mentioned, we do all different types of research. So I'll give you some examples. We do with, pros first of all, I mean, we've done like website surveys where 
We're just popping up for anybody on our website to try to understand, hey, what brought you here? What problem are you trying to solve? Like, that's always the question. What, what's your job to be done, essentially? Uh, we do a pain survey, which is a quantitative, like, on a scale of one, one to five, how big of a pain is this statement? Um, so that's one way that we kind of do some discovery on the front end. Um, as I mentioned, win-loss, that's a video-based survey using our own technology. So anytime a, a subscription closes, won or lost, you get five video questions asking, you know, what problem were you trying to solve? How did you know that this was going to solve your problem or why didn't it? So there's that work that we do. We do NPS quarterly with our subscription customers. And then we do actual one-on-one -on -one customer interviews in depth on a regular basis. So we are, I think, I don't know if our customers love it or hate it, but we are constantly asking them for feedback and trying to understand them and have empathy for the, for the problems that they're trying to solve. So that combined with the behavioral data of what we see them doing in the technology helps us to, to define some of those metrics. And, and as I mentioned before, we still have, you know, we're still trying to generate a certain number of MQLs and still trying to get a certain percentage of those to convert to opportunity. But we have moved away from, you know, more, we just need more leads. We just need more leads because at a lower CPL, um, that's always the, the demand, but I can, yeah. I, I can give you a lot of MQLs that are very low CPL if, yeah. uh, if they're bad quality. So we're trying to be really intentional about making sure those leads are ICP and that they're actually moving through the journey. Totally. So how does this all play out with uh, the dynamic with the sales team? I think in a lot of companies, those silos exist between sales and marketing and you know, sales will be doing one thing, marketing will be doing another when you do this research and you're talking to customers, do you lean into the sales team to do that? Or do you do it within marketing or how does all that dynamic work? That's such a good question. It is so cross collaborative. It has to be like, it can't be done in silos. And we try to implement programs that are beneficial to all the different departments. So I mentioned the pain survey that we do. Our sales team uses the individual responses for their discovery and their, their sales process, whereas marketing uses the aggregate of the results for messaging and positioning. The product team is looking at the behavioral data in the platform, but they're also sharing that with customer success to make sure that they're helping to guide their customers to you know, the best use cases or you know, give them tips and tricks that maybe they don't appear to be aware of. So, all of the research that we do is very cross-functional, cross-collaborative. I have been in ups and downs of like marketing being really aligned with sales and marketing not being really aligned with sales. Um, it doesn't work if you're not aligned. Like yeah. you gotta be talking the same language and thinking about the same things. And, you know, so most recently, you know, we have been really focused on, you know, we kind of did a reset on our ideal customer profile. Like, hey, just checking, everybody's still on the same page about our ICP? Yep, good, okay, great. Um, and then build programs around driving those, those quality ICP leads and you know, no longer looking at you know, how, how many MQLs we're hitting or how, how much each lead is costing, but how much are our opportunities costing? You know, mm -hmm. Looking at that metric instead, are we improving the conversion rate 
from lead to opportunity. Um, and having that be a focus just a little further down the pipeline um, helps us all to ensure that we're driving more quality and not just more volume. Totally. So if I'm a marketer out there and I really want to focus on this initiative around customer-led growth, metrics that matter, all this stuff, what are the mistakes I can make? Like where, where have maybe you gone down a wrong turn and made a mistake and what are those things I should be aware of? That's a good question. So I think one thing to be careful of is taking on too much at once. So a lot of businesses, ours included, we have different profiles, right? Different personas that we're selling to. And each might have might be a little different in their journey or you know what they're thinking about, what their problems that they're trying to solve are. So I would suggest like if you're if you're just embarking on this for the first time and you're building your first customer journey map, doing your first set of research, choose one persona because it can get really confusing if you're trying to do a bunch all at once and and take your time with it. Give yourself some time to like really dedicate to doing it right, like rather than kind of rushing through it to get to the next one and get to the next one. Because I think there's a good chance you could just give up right in the middle if you try to do too much too soon. Totally. And how about data and tracking and all that kind of stuff? Is that a really challenging thing to implement, present? And how do you know what data to gather and what to track and when to present it and all that stuff? Right. Uh, so that is like the million dollar question. We have access to so much data now, and this is one of the challenges that our customers have too, that, you know, uh, if you're a B2C brand, you've got shopper behavioral data, you've got passive measurement data and social media data on top of like primary research that you're doing. And um, same with B2B, like you're just looking at user research and all different types of stuff. I guess I would say you probably want to prioritize, like, do you have a really good understanding and empathy for the problem that your customers are trying to solve? There's probably a lot of different ways you can get to that answer, depending on what resources you have. Like, there are some companies that are going to have huge budgets and do huge research studies. Like, we have the advantage of having the our own technology to use. There's really scrappy ways you can do it you know, just talking to customers is really the key. And, and yeah, getting to that, that job to be done is the, the key thing. And you can do it as easily as putting together a few questions and sending it out via email. It's going to be a pain in the ass to pull it all together, but, you know, you'll still, you'll get to the same destination as if you spent a ton of money on a big research study. So yeah, yeah maybe don't overthink it and try to get to that job to be done. Totally. Well, as we're wrapping up here, what final advice do you have for the other marketers out there when it comes to all this? Yeah. So I would say my advice would be to just fail more and fail quickly. Um, experiment with, you know, all different types of campaigns and strategies and tactics. Um, you know, I, I started kind of giving up on my own opinion. Like I will see things all the time that I don't necessarily like or don't think it's a good idea. But as long as we're data-driven about how we're measuring like what's working and what's not, we know what we're trying to test, then we can try anything. Try it for six hours, try it for a week and 
fail quickly. Um, I think it was uh, Carl Sun, who's the CEO of Lucidchart, did a talk at Sastra a couple of years ago about like how everybody there hated their website, but every time they tried to change it, it would impact their um, conversion rates and they would have to change it back. Like it was such a good message to me of like, you know, we don't know what's going to work until we try it. And so just test and fail and, and try to like give the freedom, give that freedom to your teams too. I think my team knows that there is no such thing as a bad idea. And that helps us to be really creative and, and try things that are a lot more out of the box. And we find success in the most unexpected places. So I think when we, you know, kind of operate in a, this is how we always do things kind of mindset, we miss a lot of opportunities. So that'd be my advice is to fail more. Totally. I love that. Well, Jen, thanks so much for joining. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for having me. Totally.